0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm Bob Mendelson, and this is the Bob's Your Uncle podcast. Today, we speak about comedy in the UK, about stolen identities, and how to keep yourself safe, and so much more. Our guest is Bennett Aaron, whom The Guardian calls... The Welsh Seinfeld. Thanks for joining me for this Bob's Your Uncle podcast, season one, episode three. Of note, the opinions are strictly my own and those of any of my guests. You can now find us and comment to us wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, wherever. We have lots of topics to discuss. Even so, on the Bob's Your Uncle podcast, you are part of the show, We do want to see and hear you. Send us a message on Facebook or Instagram. In the weeks to come, we'll speak about pickleball, country music, racism, wars, and rumors of wars. Let's see where the spirit takes us. Whether you are at home, online, on the road with me in your headset at the gym or out for your evening constitutional. Wherever you get podcasts, that's where we will be. Thanks for being with us these 18 minutes. Amanda moved to Australia from Canada, and she and her family live in Sydney. She's both my travel agent and the sponsor of this podcast. And it will help if you book your next trip with her, including hotel and flights and all things tourist. Travel agents were a big deal back in the past, but now with our own computers, do we really need you?
1: Um, I could bore you for ages with answers, but a few key reasons would be our knowledge and ability to create airfare routings you may not have access to by booking direct or through using an online travel agent, as well as our insider knowledge of destinations as most of us have traveled extensively around the world. We also do the research for you, and we are the ones who sit on hold with the airlines and suppliers so you don't have to. But I think the biggest reason right now is to have someone in case of emergency and to have someone who is up to date with all the rules and restrictions of travel in the time of COVID.
0: What is your favorite destination on the planet? And why?
1: My absolute favorite destination has got to be Italy. I went a couple of years ago with one of my favorite people, my mother. And aside from her awesome company, Italy was a destination that just felt so authentic and was exactly how I had imagined it to be. It's rich in history. It has amazing ancient architecture. And of course, you've got the incredible food, wine and gelato after every meal. So the best way to reach me is via email. It's amanda.mckinnis at travelpartners.com.au. Bit of a long one, but once you've got it, you'll never forget it.
0: Bonus question. Amanda, do you know who played in the first international cricket match? It was in 1844.
1: Well, if I had to hazard a guess, and cricket is not my forte, I would say England and Pakistan.
0: You'll have to listen to the podcast and find out the real answer I'm not going to tell you during this interview. Thanks, Amanda. Thanks for your support. Have a great day.
1: Thanks, Bob. You too. Stay safe.
2: Bye.
0: Historical marker of the week. Two things happened on this date, 15 March. Two great events took place. First, in 44 BCE, being the Ides of March, and with your high school recall of Shakespearean tragedy, you'll remember Julius Caesar was killed by some high-ranking Roman senators, including Cassius with the lean and hungry look, and et tu, Brute? That is not where the term Caesar salad came from, nor Las Vegas' Caesar's Palace. Second, in 1877, the first official cricket test between Australia and England was played in Melbourne. Australia won by 45 runs. To answer the trivia question, the first official international cricket test took place in New York City between the USA and Canada in 1844 at the St. George's Cricket Club. 15 years later, in 1859, a team of leading English professionals visited North America on the first ever overseas tour. In 1862, the first English team toured Australia, and six years later, a team of Australian Aborigines toured England in what was the first Australian cricket team to travel overseas. Ah, history buffs will love those cricket facts. August 2011. I was in Edinburgh, Scotland at the famous Fringe Festival. I walked into the basement of a pub, the Cannon's Gate. The 50-minute comedy set was named Jew Welsh, featuring the comedian Bennett Aaron. He was very funny. No doubt due to the 12-year-old Glenn Fittich at the bar, as well as his timing. Impeccable. We've stayed in touch over the years, and he graciously agreed to join me in the Bob's Your Uncle podcast for this episode. Bennett, welcome to the podcast, my friend. How are you
2: going? Um, uh, very well, thank you. Lovely to see you and speak to you again, Bob. After uh, well, we have spoken once or twice since, but that 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 was a a memorable first meeting. I remember talking about. Um, Jews for Jesus uh, on stage briefly and then <laughs> you introduce yourself um, as being now you, you'll have to forgive me so I can't remember exactly what how high a role you had I mean I know obviously you're a, a, a rabbi within it but I don't know what the position you had was but I remember you gave me a card which said Jews for Jesus on it, and it, it it threw me I mean it was hilarious and uh coincidental and brilliant so for the next shows after that i think i think it was a, i think it was in the first week so the rest of the run for the next 3 weeks i mentioned you and the coincidence and showed everybody the card because people didn't believe me so i had to just show the audience the card and it was and it became part of the uh, of the of the show so thanks for that
0: you actually said at the beginning, you talked, you were very funny. It was an enjoyable. You said, now I'm Jewish, you said, and uh, Mm -hmm. we don't know very much about what we believe. But one thing we know we don't believe is we don't believe in Jesus. And here you said, so you might find it odd that there's a group out there called Jews for Jesus. And then you went on and talked about identity theft and other things that, you know, your shtick. Well, then you came back to that about 15 minutes later, it's near the bottom of the hour. And you say, like, uh, I believe in God. Anybody else in here? There were 30 of us in the pub, in the basement at that time. And you said, "Uh, does anybody else believe in God? Well, one lady up in the first row raised her hand. I'm over at the bar and I raised my hand as high. And so you see that and you say, like you, sir, uh, what religion are you? You might find this hard to believe, I said. But I work with Jews for Jesus in Australia. And you dropped your jaw and thought, <laughs> and you said, that's awkward. And 28 other people in the room thought, this is a two-man gig. <laughs> yeah. But it wasn't. And then, yes. yeah, we've yeah. kept up over the years. And I'm really grateful. i know
2: It was perfect. It, it It couldn't have worked out better.
0: You're well known as an expert in identity theft. It happened to you. Do you, do you want to share your experience?
2: Uh, yeah, well, briefly, because I, I do a, a whole talk about it now, but 23 years ago, this is pre-internet, um, and we were buying a house and everything was going fine. And then suddenly I had a letter from my bank telling me that they were stopping the loan because they discovered all these outstanding debts I had. And it was thousands and thousands of pounds to home shopping companies and banks and credit cards. And uh, it went on and on and on. And... It took me about a year and a half to find out what had happened, and somebody had used my name fraudulently, opened accounts of my name, which meant I had a zero credit rating, which meant I couldn't do anything. So I was frozen. I couldn't open a bank account. I couldn't get a credit card, couldn't do anything, and my wife was pregnant at the time, and we, we ended up having to move in with my parents. It was it was a really, really uh, tough time. And then years later, I did a, a, an Edinburgh show about it prior to the one you saw, um, and that was all about the experience I had. And on the back of that, uh, TV broadcaster, Channel 4, asked me if I'd make a documentary on the subject, which I did. And in the documentary, I stole the identity of the British Home Secretary and got arrested in a dawn raid by Scotland Yard, um, which is not uh, not your everyday occurrence. Uh, and, uh, and yes, so I now tour the world talking about fraud and ID theft as well as as comedy.
0: If you had to choose between one or the other, or would you rather be, uh, have just a stand-up comic act?
2: Oh, good question. I think I'd probably prefer just to have a stand-up comedy act, although I love doing the talk about I ideas. I did one last week at a big conference, and I love it because it's unexpected and it's a serious subject that I've managed to make, you know, as humorous as I can do under the circumstances.
0: Bennett, you know that Vladimir Zelensky is Jewish, and he used yes. to be an entertainer before he got into politics. Do you see yourself following his footsteps?
2: I don't think so. But yeah, we're both comedians and actors and we're both the same height, I found out recently. Um, uh, that's, I think, where the similarity uh, stops. I, I mean, he's an incredible, incredible person and I, I, I follow it daily. Um, it, it's. I was never, ever interested in politics. It didn't appeal to me. But over the last couple of years in this country, um, the one political party has, one leader really, has allowed anti-Semitism to increase more than it's ever happened before. And, And that, it was sort of from then that I had much more of an interest in politics than I'd had before, because suddenly it became personal.
0: You moved back to Wales last year. What lessons have you learned about life there?
2: One thing I've learned is that I'm not so keen on living in big cities anymore, which has been uh, an interesting change. We live by the sea. I can see the seas through the bedroom window and I find it so incredibly relaxing because I grew up uh, opposite the sea, as did my wife fun enough. And I think coming back to that has been very nice. And I was in London for a few days. I go back and forth, back for work and, and uh, gigs and, and meeting, writing meetings. And I can't wait to leave.
0: Your wife is from Spain. Your two children are now spreading their wings as late teenagers. What have they taught you? Or maybe I should ask, what information do you want them to be carrying to their children whenever God blesses them with such?
2: Uh, That's a very good question. Yes, my my children are um, Spanish, Welsh, and Jewish. I don't think there are too many of those around, really. Something that I, I'd pass on, uh, something I'd like, like them to pass on to their children, I think tolerance more than anything else. Tolerance and kindness and to expect it from others, which doesn't always seem to be the case at the moment. We, we live in a world where we're very, very upset. We're very angry. We're very on edge. I mean, you know, we, we've had a, a worldwide pandemic. We have what what's going on in Ukraine at the moment. And... You can feel the tension and I'm hoping, please God, you know, in in years to come, my children won't have this and, and, you know, their children won't have this. So hopefully there'll be more tolerance, as there has been over the years. I just hope that that continues, really. I mean, I never wanted to be a comedian. I mean, there was never, ever a plan. I'm I'm naturally uh, very shy. In in an interview recently, I was asked if I was the, the class clown and I said I wasn't, but I did write all his material. You always,
0: by the way, seem to be wearing a hat, both on stage and whenever you're photographed. What prompted that accessory to be a standard for you? That's a very good question.
2: Two things. I, I, I Well, I was losing my hair, which is one thing, but that, that wasn't the reason for wearing a hat. What happened? I was losing my hair, so I decided to, to cut my hair very short. Um, And I was about to go out to a gig and I noticed I'd missed a little bit in the hair and I hadn't realised that I'd taken the top off the razor I'd used. So I went to cut a little bit of the hair and cut a huge line right down uh, my forehead. Um, And it just looked ridiculous. And I said to my wife, "I, I can't go on like this. People will laugh for the wrong reasons. So I put the hat on, went on stage and I'd always been looking for a thing over the years. I tried wearing a tie, I tried wearing... I uh, had jackets and, and various things. Nothing really felt right. The moment I walked on stage wearing a hat, I went, that was it. That's the thing that I've been looking for.
0: Hey, do you have any interest in a weekly television show, perhaps on BBC One?
2: It, it's a good qu- question, because naturally I'd say yes, um, because that's how one becomes more successful. But in all honesty, the fame aspect of my job doesn't appeal and has never appealed. I have a lot of famous friends and when we go out, they find it uncomfortable because people are coming out to them, asking for autographs, then looking at me and going, who's that? Uh, but some of them, you know, some of them like having their, uh, like signing autographs, they love having photographs taken, others are very uncomfortable about it, I, it would drive me insane. And one of the things that I get asked a lot is, are, are you famous? And I think, well, if you're going to ask me that, it's answered your question, really, so I get that. And also on social media, especially on Twitter, if somebody doesn't like you, they always say to you, um, oh, really, you're a comedian. I've never heard of you. As though that's the pinnacle of, of my job. You know, it's not like I'd meet somebody who says, what do you do? I'm an accountant. Oh, really? An accountant? I've never heard of you. It, 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 there's no logic to it.
0: Anything else you want to tell us?
2: Like, I mentioned the books that I've written, which are uh, available to purchase through my website. And I'm doing the Edinburgh Festival again this year for the first time in quite a while. So it won't be the same without you being there, obviously. Maybe I'll find somebody else who can uh, who can help the show along. My website is bennetarron.com, B-E-N-N-E-T-A-R-R-O-N.com. And it's got everything on there about the talks I give uh, and about the books that I've written and about the disco dancing championship in which I came third in the mid 80s. So everything is on there. <laughs>
0: it is a joy. Thank you for sharing in this time. Bennett, you are a blessing to me, a, a, a fun friend. And I look forward to please God, whether we see each other in Edinburgh or here in Australia. Um, I, I ask God's blessings on you, your wife, and your two beautiful kids.
2: Thank you, Bob. Love you talking to you, my friend. Stay safe and stay well. Every week we read a
0: verse or two from the number one bestseller of nonfiction since Gutenberg went to press over 500 years ago. Today's verse is from King David in Psalm 86, where we read, O God, arrogant men have risen up against me, and a band of violent men have sought my life. They have not set you before them, but you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abundant in loving kindness and truth. Do you have a comment or question? Do you have an agreement or an argument? Hit us up on BobMendo at AOL.com or on Twitter or Instagram on Bob's Your Uncle PC and we will read your views next week. Don't forget to post a review on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you're listening, and share our podcast with your mates, your friends, your enemies, and your work colleagues, of course, after hours. Word of mouth or word of Facebook, that's the key driver in this social media starved world. Thanks for helping us get known out there. Also, please subscribe to the podcast and then share some good speak with others. Don't forget to book all your travel needs. Contact Amanda at travelpartners.com.au. And next week, we will welcome Jimmy White, born in Rhodesia, moved as a teenager to New Zealand, and now lives in Australia. He's the announcer for many a boxing match. He hosts weddings all year round. His stories will astound you, and you'll feel his smile even only on audio. Join us wherever you get your podcasts. Until then, from me, Bob Mendelson. when things seem bleak or uncertain, look up to God. He's in his heaven, and Bob's your uncle. Shalom from Sydney.